the Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 140. What core skills do you need to pursue a career as a performance nutritionist? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports nutrition. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Charlie Ashford. Charlie is the Director of Performance Nutrition at the University of North Texas, where he specialises in educating students and supporting athletes with their nutritional requirements so that they can perform at their peak performance. For that reason, it's brilliant to have Charlie on the show. That's when today's episode, Charlie will share his sports career journey and explain to you what core skills you need to pursue a career as a performance nutritionist. Charlie, it's great to have you on the show. Please, could you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to, going back to 2011, um, did an undergraduate degree in sport and exercise science at Brunel University. Um, to be honest, I think like a lot of people starting out in this field, I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go. I just had a great interest in sport. And uh, honestly, at, at this moment in time, I didn't even know sports nutrition was really a, a thing. Um, my undergraduate advisor at the time, uh, Dr. Carl Holston, who's at Loughborough University now, uh, was big on the sports nutrition component. And I remember being in his office and kind of finding out about some of this stuff. And I was just, from that moment on, I was fascinated with it. Um, from there, I graduated. And uh, the original plan was to start a master's degree in the UK. Um, I spent my summer in the US and I was... I had to be in the US. That was my next step. It didn't matter uh, how I got there. Um, sent a lot of emails, uh, applied to a lot of jobs that I was very underqualified for, and eventually got an uh, opportunity to intern at the sports nutrition department at Texas Tech University. Um, we originally agreed on a year, and fast forward five years later, uh, I was fortunate enough to work three years full-time at Texas Tech, and I'm currently at the University of North Texas. Um, Coming up on two years next month, um, had the opportunity to lead and develop a sports nutrition program here for over 350 student athletes. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a whistle-stop tour and um, little education in between that time. Um, graduate school at Texas Tech University, uh, the Guru Performance Diploma, um, again, which is very popular in the UK, and uh, also just wrapping up a master's in sports nutrition also, which I will graduate in about four weeks. So yeah, kind of a whistle-stop tour for you. I find this really interesting, but just going back in time, out of interest, whereabouts are you based in the UK? Where are you born, out of interest? Uh, High Wycombe. High Wycombe, okay. I just want to get the listeners who are from the UK... With, this leads to my next question with regards to what inspired you to do a sports science degree in the first place at Brunel? Um, 
I always had a lot of interest in sport. I played a lot of sport and was really a jack of all trades. I always felt I was pretty good at most sports, but never excelled in one. And uh, at the time, Brunel was a prestigious sports uh, university. And not very often do you walk out of your dorms and see Usain Bolt training in the indoor track, which was uh, neat. But yeah, I just wanted to be involved in sport in some capacity. And at that time, I thought maybe coaching, maybe physical education, and from then, the education and the people I was surrounded by kind of shaped my uh, desire to work in sports nutrition. And just going back with regards to your academic advisor who's just guiding you of looking at the options in nutrition, can you remember the moment when you went, right, I'm going to go to the USA? Because for a lot of people in the UK, that's a big step. And I really want to promote it more because sometimes we underestimate the opportunities worldwide. Yeah, absolutely. Um it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, my dad had a lot of business in the U.S., and I just didn't know at kind of what point in my career that would come about. And like I said, I graduated in May 2014, and I spent most of June and July in the U.S. And I got home, and I just kind of had this feeling that that was what I really wanted to do, and I gained the courage to kind of speak to my parents. and was like, hey, I'm really going to push and pursue this. So, you know, from there, I started reaching out to people, um, you know, trying to make those connections and fortunately um, got an opportunity, which I don't think was really intended for international, but uh, four or five Skype calls later, uh, we kind of joined the dots and was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go out there. And, um, you know, when people kind of asked me about my journey and how I got out there, it was really, I had no idea what it would lead to or what it would entail. But, you know, fortunately, I took that plunge and it I would say it has worked out so far. And just from an academic perspective with your sports science degree at Brunel, how did that support you now reflecting back? I think it's really important that a sports nutrition practitioner has an understanding of all of these things. I think sometimes nutrition, you just you just think about food and having an understanding of the exercise physiology component, training, uh, the demands of different sports, I think, is really, really important to not only inform your recommendations, but to understand, um, you know, the metabolic demands. You know, every athlete is not the same. Every sport is not the same. You know, sports nutrition is not a one-pager. You know, as we've come on in time, you know, these concepts of personalized and periodized nutrition, I think having a solid understanding of exercise science and exercise physiology is really important. And um, for any sports nutrition professional. And just from the topic as well, we always talk about the elite side of like nutrition, but how have you seen nutrition have an impact in, let's say, physical activity and like people just who are just trying to stay fit? Uh, for sure. I think uh, especially with the power of social media and influencers and people these days, um, I will say, although I do not get back to the UK as much as I would like to, yeah, even just walking around your local Tesco or Asda, you can see there's been a shift um, from a nutrition standpoint. You know, um, food manufacturers and stores are making an effort to maybe put better choices out there and, you know, be able to provide to these two people. Um, I think it's definitely something that sparks a lot of people's interest. You know, at the end of the day, everyone eats. So everyone is a nutritionist. Everyone has their own kind of philosophies and beliefs. Um, but it is, it's, it's neat to see people taking more of an interest and having more um, paying closer attention to what they're doing. But at the same time, it's almost this double-edged sword that there is a lot of information out there to filter through, which may not be, you know, the 
the best practices or the best way about about things. So, yeah, it's it's a definitely um, an interesting time. Um, but hopefully, as we kind of go on, and uh, I know there's a lot of initiatives from kind of uh, national organisations or kind of governing bodies and things to better uh, inform the general population. But yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see that people are paying attention to it. And just really quickly, before we talk about today's podcast topic, have you had any um, insight in, let's say, different cultures from studying in the UK compared to going out in America? Just for the listeners to get an insight, that was all. Yeah, absolutely. It's very different. Um, you know, it's pretty rigid in the UK when you sign up for a degree and you see your degree path. Then some flexibility determined on what path you would like to take. Whereas in the US, it's definitely um, more flexible. Um, a lot of people start university without even knowing what their major or their degree will be in, and they begin taking these kind of prereq classes. Um, you know, people may change their majors three or four times before they graduate. Um, in the UK, if you get a couple of years into a degree, well, there's not much ability to turn around and start over. So um, it's definitely very different. Um, again, in the US, you can kind of you can take on six or seven classes a semester, or you can take two or three. You know, there's a lot of flexibility in what you can do. Um, yeah, it's definitely very different. Um, it's something that still, when I speak to some of my athletes out here and they ask me about it, it's difficult to kind of wrap your head around. Um, but yeah, I think perks to each, um, obviously having that flexibility, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know what they want to do when they start out at university. So having the ability kind of change their mind and change their path I think is is uh, neat but at the same time I think the structure in the UK is you know it is pretty rigid and you will graduate you know when you're going to graduate you know what is involved and what is uh, kind of demanded of you to get to that point so yeah, definitely both have their pros and cons um, very different experiences for sure. Just relating to today's podcast topic now relating to your career what core skills do you need to be a performance nutritionist? Um I definitely think you need to be motivated, and this goes beyond the classroom. At the end of the day, uh, everyone is going to have similar qualifications and credentials. Um, I think it may have been in one of your podcast episodes, as an episode with uh, Professor Graham Close, and this really stuck with me that he's never met someone that didn't want it enough that hadn't got to that point. If you want to succeed in this field and you're willing to put the time in and make the connections, um, you'll absolutely, I think, will get to that point. You know, at some point, you're probably going to have to work for free. Do not turn down the opportunity to work with different athletes. You know, not everyone is going to fall into an elite sport job the second you come out of school. You know, to be able to hone uh, your people skills and those practitioner skills with real-world people and athletes um, is just as important as the academic knowledge. Um Pick the brains of people around you. Don't be afraid to reach out to people and kind of make those connections and find some of those opportunities. Um, I think be approachable and be a good person. Uh, good work starts with just being a good person. You know, you've got to be able to build relationships with these people. Uh, if you never get the trust of your athletes or support staff or coaches, um, it's unlikely that they're going to support your nutrition philosophy and that kind of buy-in concept. Um, so yeah, just being around, being available, um, being a good person, caring about your athletes, uh, and be persistent, um, regardless of this is in your own career journey or in your work with athletes, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. Um, you've got to be patient. You've got to understand that not everyone is going to be on board and 
willing to change yet. So you definitely have to be, uh, you know, persistent, motivated, and, you know, keep your sights focused on that end goal and kind of enjoy that journey along the way. Absolutely. Just on a personal note with regards to you working with those elite athletes, how important are communication skills? Um, they're vitally important. And this is something that I tell a lot of people. Um, the large majority of the conversations I have with these people are not about nutrition. You know, you're around and you're a resource and you're available to them, but you know, you're not there to overwhelm them and bombard them with nutrition information all the time. You know, to be able to communicate, um, you know, be approachable, be someone that they can come and sit down and eat lunch with and talk to without feeling like you're policing their food or educating them on every component of their plate. And, you know, just being able to be someone that they can communicate with and to. And then when they are looking for the nutrition piece or they do need some advice, they're a lot more likely to come to you and be willing um, to take on your recommendations and interventions. So, yeah, the communication part is really, really important. Um, me sitting in this office all day, I would get nothing done and I would achieve nothing. It's important to be around in those high traffic areas, in the weight room, in the training room, on the practice field. Um, I definitely think those moments and those interactions are where you do some of your best work as opposed to the closed door office consultation setting for sure. And just relating to what you're doing now, I know you gave me uh, that next four weeks is quite a downtime moment, but what are you doing and what are your plans for the next six months ahead? Um, so, yeah, we're just finishing up our spring football, or American football for the British listener, uh, you know, trying to keep our guys healthy and performing um, before we kind of have this last off-season push. You know, it's an important time for us, really. Uh, the spring semester is the most uninterrupted time we get to kind of make those body composition changes and uh, really from a nutrition education piece, spend some more time with our athletes before they uh, get some well-deserved time off. Um, working closely with our softball and soccer teams. Um, softball is currently in season. Soccer is in a preseason training phase. So again, it's a good educational time, good time to be around those people and try and uh, encourage and behave positive behavior change and uh you know enforce that nutrition piece to them and um, we have some new strength and conditioning coaches who are really on board with that so that's been a great kind of gateway and avenue to those teams um personally as i said in, in the last few weeks of uh, master's degree in sports nutrition so um you said six months i would hope that in six months time i would have finalized a potential uh, doctorate proposal and have a firm kind of offer of where i am going to undertake that um, lots of professional conferences coming up over the summer and again just we'll be here and you know kind of supporting the athletes and you know reminding them that nutrition is kind of a core cool part of what they do day in day out just on a personal note what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey reflecting right now um i definitely think the ability to work with some really great athletes and people in general you know this uh when you do something that you're passionate about it doesn't really feel like work so to be able to come in the office every day and kind of practice your passion and see that have um you know a positive impact on those that you work with i think is is really fulfilling um and again you know everyone's goal is always to work a work a job that doesn't feel like work you know the fact i get paid to do this is is unbelievable to me so definitely something i've really enjoyed um, you know, and then to see those guys and girls succeed in the field, you know, they, when you're here day in, day out and you see the work they do and you know, everything they go through, not only are they students, but they are, 
lifting weights every day, practicing every day, meetings, uh, mandatory meals. There's a lot of aspects that kind of go into their success. And when it comes together on the field and know that you were perhaps a small cog in that machine to get them there is, uh, yeah, it's great. It's very, uh, very enjoyable. Well, Charlie, I'm very much enjoying this chat, considering I didn't know that you're from the UK. That's why I asked that question earlier. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who are starting their career in sports nutrition? I think try and get some hands-on experience as early as possible. This is something I didn't do and I think hurt me initially. Um, do not wait until you've graduated to try and find the opportunity to work with sports teams. Most universities have sports teams. Um, if you're at a school which is serious about sport, you probably have some pretty good athletes there. I'm sure there'd be some opportunities to be able to get involved with them. Um, so yeah, even if it's uh, amateur teams in your university town, um, you know, academies, speak to your professors, you know, they, they have a lot of links and connections. So I would definitely encourage you to get some hands-on experience. Um, also keep an open mind, uh, you know, evidence, Based practice in sports nutrition is kind of always pushed, but not always all that evidence dictate practice. You know, it's really important to keep an open mind, um, especially in nutrition where, you know, ideas and concepts do change time and time again, uh, just because what you've learned by the book and the textbook, you know, will not always apply to the real world and working with people. So, uh, you know, keep an open mind. Um, I think that's why the practice component and giving that experience is so important. And, uh, you know, be willing to get stuck in and get involved, you know, um, similar concepts of getting the experience. But I think a lot of times people think they're going to finish a university degree and walk into a job at their England Institute of Sport. You know, it doesn't really work like that. Um, you know, you've got to be willing to have kind of some diverse experiences, you know, get stuck in, um, you know, be around uh, these people that maybe can unlock some doors for you. And I think a lot of times people leave it too late or they feel that they have this education and therefore are not worthy of kind of doing that work. I think, again, that stuff is really, really important. And I would encourage you, if you haven't already, and this is something that interests you, is to get started now. That is fantastic. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. Charlie, how can people interact with you online? Pretty big on LinkedIn. I try and post a lot there. I think uh, I definitely enjoy looking at how other people do some things. So I try and share some stuff we do in practice and again, try and relate, relate that evidence-based component to it. So if you just search Charles Ashford on LinkedIn, um, I'm pretty active on there. So if you have any questions or you'd like to speak, um, again, I'm always pretty happy to set up calls, Skype calls with people. Again, I don't think I took advantage of some of the connections that I had. So I always try and, uh, you know, give as much information and share as much as I can with others. Um, pretty active on Twitter, uh, at Cashford UNT. Um, again, try and share a lot on there, any, uh, research articles or different stuff that I find interesting. Uh, and again, maybe, uh, if I give you my email, you can put that in the show notes and if people want to reach out directly, they can also get hold of me there. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Charlie, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. What a really interesting sports career journey from Charlie. As I mentioned during the podcast chat, I was really shocked that he was originally from the United Kingdom and to hear that he had the courage to do his sports science degree in the United Kingdom at Bruno University 
he had that mentorship from a lecturer from that university which then applied himself to get to the United States. And you can tell during this chat that he was driven to work out the United States. And to hear what he's doing now and how he just followed his own beliefs is such an important lesson. And I've even taken that lesson right now, what I've learned from Charlie, that sometimes if you want to get to where you want to go, you've got to put yourself out there. And with regards to pursuing a career in sports nutrition, I hope this interview has just provided you another opportunity of or a viewpoint, I should say, of how you can pursue a career in sports nutrition. Don't always think it has to be in the country you live in. You can succeed in your career by working abroad. And I just want to open up your eyes of the different opportunities and possibilities with regards to your sports career ambition. So look, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I have and really apply those career lessons from Charlie and apply it to your sports career journey today. Make it a reality and just do it. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Charlie said, get some hands-on experience early on during your time at university. Get stuck in. Even if you're working for amateur teams or university teams, at the end of the day, getting work experience is better than no experience at all. 